was it you breaking up or him breaking up or was it a mutual breakup? All right, I just want to say I'm a straight male. Yeah, we're, but, <laughs> this but, is breaking up with a friend. Yeah, I know. We're, we're talking about, but I did. Don't defend your masculinity so hysterically, Sean. It makes you sound like the woman who protesteth too much. Yes, this <laughs> is true. Um, but no, I broke up with him. Why? As a friend, um, I because he changed a lot since high school. He's a high school friend. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's that friend you had because you were in that group. I was not in any groups in high school. How were you bullied. not in a group? I was uh, bullied. But you, you still then, have, even the kids that get bullied have other kids that, oh, get, that no, were getting I was bullied. Too proud. So you didn't even gang together with the other bullied kids? Not really. And hang in the corner no, of the I, tennis court? I was excluded and then I kind of excluded myself. I was like, screw you and your system. And Really? Yeah, a little bit. A little rebella from all the way back then. Yeah, I was super rebellious. I used to go to the library and read resentfully. Yeah. Oh, rebel. <laughs> Against you know social norms at least. Yeah, well, yeah. if I yeah I went into the if I went into the playground, people would throw sandwiches at me. What? That was early on, and then that's later on, real they just commitment. Kind of ignored me. That's like I'm going to forego lunch to send you a message that I'm above you in the social. It's a girls' school. They were going to forego the lunch tearing. anyway. Really? No, yeah. I'm just being horrible. <laughs> yes, you I are. Know about girls that. are the worst though. Girls are so bad. Oh, sexist. No, they they're so bad to girls. That's what I'm saying. Girls' schools can be pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but uh, to be fair, I was a weird kid. Yeah. How I are you weird? Just same way as I am weird now, but less comfortable with it. Just kind of proud and a little bit standoffish and. Uh, not willing to conform, not willing, you know, I'd, I'd say things were stupid yeah. that I thought were stupid. and. So did you, um, you, you had little rants, but you didn't have microphones to um, record it in. That's the only yeah, difference between no young Alice and, um, and old Alice is that now she records it. Yeah, and I'd just go off into daydreams and just, I was, I was not properly connected to the world. Not properly connected. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. And I couldn't go to social events because my mum was sick and stuff. And then I'd make yeah. excuses as to why I hadn't gone that were clearly lies because I didn't want to talk about. And everyone was like, "Why is she always mom? lying?" Yeah. yeah, exactly. It yeah. was just not. It was you know, it's all this reputation, the economy at girls' schools, where if you have people to speak for you and 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 tell your story, then you are the winner. So they're competing rumors and and people just make stuff up. But then I think. Teenage girls are kind of sociopathic to the point where they will believe their own stories. Yeah. So they'll make up a story and then they'll spread it. And then because they can't think, well, I'm a bad person, I made up this story and ruined this person, they just they believe, believe it. The they story. believe the story that they made up. Yeah. I, I've done that a few times, though, like told a story so convincingly that someone's like, really? And I'm like, mm. no, wait. Yeah, I think really. <laughs> so this breakup with your friend, your yeah. fictional friend. Oh no, I just I was more fascinated by you know people throwing sandwiches at you. Yeah. I would have bullied me if I'd had more. You would have bullied you. <laughs> I don't. Know. <laughs> I understand why I was bullied. I, th I think I was quite obnoxious. Oh, Certainly really? um, precocious and proud, yeah. which is obnoxious in a child. Yeah, it really is. I was really popular. I, I was. Everyone liked me. Of course they did. And you're a lesser person because of it. You failed to develop character in your early years. <laughs> Tea with Alice. So you actually broke up with a friend of yours? Yeah, I did. I did. It was very, very awkward. We, we did it when we were drunk. And it, it, it carried over about three pubs. We tried to say our things and... 
He um he he uh, moved. I like an argument that moves locations. It did, yeah. We we like the. It feels like you're making progress. It di- it did almost. It was three pubs, three pubs we moved to, and we and uh, we had someone else with them with us, mm. and he was kind of just being excluded by these big DMs that my mate and my, I were having, and I was like, well, I really don't like how you make me feel when you say these things, and it was that kind of argument, which was oh, so really? weird. So weird to have that with a mate that, you know... Did you feel the emotions that you would feel in a real breakup? So almost. Anger and But loss. I was the one doing the breaking up. So, yeah, so I did, but I didn't have the, you know, the, the breaker-upper's remorse yeah. that you have. Like, you're like, totally, this is the thing I have to do. I'm sorry to be the bad guy, but, you know, it's not going to work out. And you're the one that cuts the ties. And then, like, two or three weeks later, you start, like, calling them late at night. I'm like, I made a mistake. I, I, made still, a mistake. Love I still love you. Yeah, I didn't have that, but I totally had that. This is have to happen. Yeah, you're a horrible person now. You've changed. You've changed. And which is so weird to do between two guys. Well, everyone changes. But also, I think... Yeah. Um, it's interesting with actual breakups, with love breakups, the chemical stuff that happens in your brain that makes you go crazy after a yeah. breakup is that you're still... Like, the chemicals that make you in love with someone don't go away when they tell you that you're a fuckhead. Like, you just... Those yeah. chemicals go round and round in circles, and that's why people behave so weirdly after a breakup, even if the person who has broken up with them is objectively an ass. You, you just can't shut down those chemicals in your brain. So you're like, yeah. I know you're a bastard, but I still love you. And then you have that kind of... Yeah, and you're doing these horrible things to me and you're hanging up on me and you're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, which should kill things. it, but yeah. chemically it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, my excuse, Your Honour. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. But yeah, we, we ended up breaking up and like I haven't called him. He's texted me a couple of times. Of course he has. In the He's last the like four months. Yeah, and he's like, are we still good, man? Are you still upset with me? And all this other crap. And he thinks it's a tiff. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think he, No, but I made it very clear. I think I made but it very the, clear. Because the timetable is different for friendship. Like, if we were in a relationship, he would have texted you four times in a week because you spend more time together. That's so but true. Because you only meet a certain number of times as friends, yeah. it's the moments where he's like, oh... Where, you, where he misses you, where he's yeah. like, oh, it's, can we get over this fight? It's so weird because like the, the time differences between relationships and friendships is so true because I've had mates that I haven't seen in like two years and we get back together and it's like they're no time had passed at all. It's fine. They're like the fuck buddies of friends, you know <laughs> what I mean? You can just call them up whenever and they'll be just as good as they were last time, you know, either in the sack or... Out at the but pub. You do have to both hand one another clean STD tests yeah. before you have a beer together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? You have weird fuck buddy relationships. I don't have fuck buddy relationships. <laughs> that's probably what it is. Uh, um, but I assume that's how they go. Yes. A lot of paperwork? Yeah, a lot of paperwork. <laughs> a lot of uh, doctor certificates exchanged before the coitus is uh, engaged of, upon. Yeah, preliminary discussion, flowcharts, <laughs> a little bit of brainstorming. There's a, there's a torch and there's a, a pee test and everything. Um, no, there's not. It's um, But yeah, it's totally like that like I've got mates that are like the fuck buddies of friends and then I've got mates that you know I'll see at least once a week maybe once every two weeks and you know it's it's a riot you know and we'll call each other we'll text each other about things and stuff and well this is the thing that you will never hear but I get to say to you now that you've broken up with someone yeah uh men don't change 
You can't change a man. You can't change a man. You can't, can you? You can't. But they do. But he changed, and that's why we broke up, which is mm. confusing. But, but I didn't you change, can't him. change him. People but can change. People Absolutely can change. Absolutely, people can change. Yeah. I think life is a process of change. But you can't change. But you can't them. change someone, really. Especially into something, yeah, that you want them to change into. You can sort of help people, but yeah. also not really. Yeah. Most people are just. It's so grey. So, so grey. It's so grey. You know they've discovered the thing uh, that causes grey hair? What? I need so, to know this. I have ridiculous grey hair. You know this, it's right? A, yeah, it's a build-up of ammonia or something on the root of the hair. Isn't that the stuff that you... It's like bleach. Really? Or a peroxide or something. It's some kind of molecule that builds up at the root of the hair, and yeah. that's why the, the hair grows up without any pigment. Uh, and so they're thinking that they should be able to figure out maybe just like even a special kind of shampoo or something, and they would, you know, that's this what they're spending fantastic. billions of dollars yeah, on. Yeah, this is yeah. They should though. I'd screw Ethiopian starving and like better fertilizers and better insecticides and stuff to to you know further feed the billions of people that are going to grow on this planet very soon. I want like well, to have brown hair without paying sixty dollars at a. At a um, oh, don't reveal hairdresser. <laughs> I've been. I, I went grey when I was sixteen. I went grey when I was sixteen. Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. That's not. You should just rock it. Yeah. Because you got like a baby face, so you just look really weird, but in a cool way. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I think it's so interesting weird. how guys are getting more and more vain. I mean, They're I don't think it's necessarily so good. I think part of what feminism has done is not lifted women up to the realms of not having to worry about their opinions, but it's kind of dragged men down. Totally. Like Tinder, for example, I think is a huge influence on the way guys now worry about how they look because they have to make a good first impression. They do. They do. And the weird thing about um, Tinder is the the interesting... Guys treat it completely different. We just go, girl, 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 like, 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 because it's a numbers game. We just want all of them to like us, you know what I mean? And then... Um, girls are like really picky and it's giving girls back I think in a good way it's giving girls back the power like oh, I read this amazing men's rights activist uh, article about this guy who he honestly feels oppressed by women's butts like the argument that he had was like, like they're pressed on him or no, oppressed like he feels <laughs> that's like a fantasy of he his he feels that women being sexy to him yeah not on purpose necessarily just being sexy yeah. is them using sexual power against him and and therefore women are more powerful and therefore women are exploitative and therefore women are subjugating men oh. with their butts what a beat up piece of crap. I know. Oh. It just makes me want to punch everyone. Holy shit. I'm a man and like I I can't no, nah, he's not one of us. It's just He's it, out of the man club. It's so like, awful. Like Don't how be much... a dick about it, man. We are we are in charge. It's I'm sorry. He wants to have sex with women but he can't and he feels that that's some sort of <sighs> oh, so bad. So we just had Christmas. That's all right. How was your Christmas? My Christmas is fairly chilled because my family's Buddhist. So we went oh, to my really? mum's side of the family and oh. uh, did the Christmas lunch thing, which was fun. Buddhist. They're all artists. Oh. They all turn up three hours late. It's great. Oh, really? <laughs> Fine, yeah. Really, really cheap but creative presents. It's all cold leftovers by then. Brilliant. Yeah, it was good. Uh, so I, you've, I suppose you've written something about that? Yes, I have. And Christmas it's not it necessarily accurate to my experience, but I'm going to say it anyway. Okay, cool. Because it feels... Christmas is so weird because there's this massive emphasis on your family. Like, it's this arbitrary designation of time that is now family time and it's, 
you're meant to spend time reflecting on your year and it's a time for hope and joy and you're just desperately quashing these surges of panic and existentialist angst at the passing of another year towards death. And Jesus' birthday. And Jesus' birthday. Is Santa aged up Jesus? Yeah, it's it's so much more about Santa than it ever was about Jesus. But, like, is... is Because I know Jesus died and he came back. Is Santa old Jesus? Because he still likes livestock. He still does miracles. He's still got cool hair. Yeah. He's in the beard. He's got grey, grey Jesus. Could be grey Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Digging it. And Mary Magdalene's Mrs. Get Claus. Mrs. Claus, yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Totally Jesus. So Christmas, we had Christmas, we had New Year. It's this time for gratitude and looking back and firm resolution looking forward and a healthy dose of self-justification and that confirmation bias that will help you reframe your multitude of wrong choices is obviously correct. (laughs) (laughs) I think the brief days or weeks of holiday where we step out of the humdrum maelstrom of our mundane momentum and into the still waters of suddenly having to think about all the things we spend our lives trying not to think about. Somebody quick, give me a tradition so I don't have to worry about what it means that every time I try to engage with my long-delayed creative project, I end up buried in social media or burning out the (laughs) flaccid remains of my appetite for wonder looking at pictures of strangers doing sexual things I no longer have the capacity to imagine. (laughs) I can't do that now. I've got, like, a, a ugly sweater to wear. That's totally why I'm not doing that stuff. Oh, Christmas, or the overblown foe. We can have fun too, Christmas-esque celebrations that Hanukkah and other seasonal festivities have become. Ah, oh, Christmas. Christmas-esque. Time, I'm sure they'll love that. <laughs> Christmas is the time of year where we still pretend that familial bonds are relevant to a modern society in which hospitals and police services protect you from violence instead of your big cousin with an axe, so you don't actually need to have any relationship with your cousin anymore. The fear <laughs> of a generations-long blood feud no longer plays a role in your life, so you don't actually need your family. Christmas, where we <laughs> offer gifts that used to symbolise feudal loyalty and the hope for abundance while we eat things and pretend we still have use for lifelong blood-bound tribal affiliations. A few (laughs) days where we can pretend we haven't replaced those bonds with temporary, disposable, goal-oriented, ego-driven social media connections. (laughs) Let's sing carols together and pretend that civilised social mechanisms haven't really replaced the need for tribal security. (laughs) Tribal security. That's why I go back and give mum... The whole point of family. An iPad for Christmas. It's it's like a a tithe to your feudal overlord (laughs) in the hope that she'll protect you when the apocalypse comes. (laughs) It's just playing lip service. It's, you know, you go to Christmas, you spend time with your family and you can no longer avoid the reality of actually spending time with other people where you suddenly realise that you've engendered a self-protective misanthropy bordering on complete emotional blankness in the face of the constant incomprehensible stimulus that is a constantly connected and exposed modern world. Holy crap. Yeah. My my Christmas dinner is just uh, still everyone's on their phones. Oh, do you suddenly get annoyed with people being around you all the time? Does that uh, make you realise that you actually never have people around you anymore for any extended period of time because you don't need them anymore. How awkward is it when you have awkward silence with your family? Yeah. Like with your family. And you family. suddenly realise that like, they are strangers to you. You lived in the same house with, as them for like 18 years minimum. You lived in the same body as one of them. Yeah, for a bit too. And then like you've just got nothing. You can't even say to mum, like, how's them ovaries? They're still ticking away like... um. 
Like they were, no, they're don't, dried up and shriveled. Oh, that's great. That all right, cool. Don't that's, say that um, to your mum. Ah, oh, Christmas. Someone pass me the eggnog and other foods that have no relevance to the nutritional needs of an Australian <laughs> summer. While we watch a man in an unconvincing beard and thin cotton gloves offer to forcibly inject goodwill into all mankind underneath some fake plastic snow. <laughs> what is nog? Remember, once you've ticked this gift rack box and eaten enough to numb your anger, you don't need to seek in your heart for joy or generous impulses for at least another year. <laughs> Boy. I love Christmas. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, no, but that is. Like, it, I do the big family uh, Christmas days as well. Like, my mother's side, my father's side. We have, like, Christmas Eve on my mum's side and then Boxing Day with my dad's side, right? And they're divorced now, so that's even more... Uncomfortable. Yeah, because they're all, like, they try to want it. They ask about your mum awkwardly, like, how's your mum? I'm um, like, oh, as if, like, mom. is she crying and in tears and is she brokenhearted that your father broke up with her? I'm like, no, it's been, like, three years now, man. We're all sweet. She's got a house. She's got a dog. Like, and she loves that thing way more than she did, Dad. Oh, God. <laughs> it's oh, really I... rough. And they ask you those, they want to ask you those awkward questions and they don't. There's always someone that does. And then and then you realise, look, I, there's a reason I don't talk to you people 364 days of the year. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to be grinchy, but a lot of people have, no real contact with their family in the year. This mm. is different if you actually have a really strong bond with your family, and some people still do, but yeah. increasingly people don't. Increasingly people are isolated from their family, so they have these weird, I guess it's a good thing that you're kind of maintaining these bonds, but they're really fictional. It's it's almost uh, it's almost maintaining like a good credit score like yeah, like just with in them case just in case you need, need to borrow money and off them like <laughs> i'm not i'm talking actual credit like yeah, yeah. literally like mom and dad i know i can get an interest free loan off you guys at any point if anything wrong. goes horrible in my life so if i keep visiting you at christmas i'm keeping that credit line available i'm not closing that down but you know in the state of nature in in a society where you don't have like civilized uh safety nets mm. where you can, you can go to the hospital you can go to the police you can you can go on centrelink <laughs> if you get in real trouble you can call lifeline you if, you call lifeline, <laughs> if you, you need to if you need to go on twitter if you, feel, you don't you call to, your mum if you need so to feel good about yourself you can go on <laughs> tinder you can go on facebook you can go on twitter if you need someone um, to talk to in the dark night of the soul you can call a counseling service we have basically replaced much of the need for family so now it's all about want for family and i bet that there's not many people still left that really want to spend 18 hours with their family. Wow. Yeah. That's deep. It's dark. It's dark. It is, but it's it's kind of scary that it's true. I want to have that family Christmas. I like you want it, don't you? you it's like an that. illusion and I, I Do don't you think know it's an illusion? I don't know that it's bad to want it. Mm. But we we got really bore boring Christmases, right? For about 5 or 6 years and then my brother had kids. Right, ah. and then he had one kid, and then the first year it was just a baby, and you're like, eh. But when it was about you know one and a half, two, it was crawling around, opening things. It was kind of cute. And then they got another one, and that one's a bit older, like three or something. And you're like, oh my god, these kids are opening presents, and they're really excited, and they're just losing it. And like you've got the cookies and the milk out the side, and the kids just reinvigorate Christmas because it makes you think, oh man, I used to enjoy things. So basically, you have three generations reliving a moment of joy from their deep dark childhood. From their deep dark childhood like oh I remember when I could still feel happiness yeah <laughs> and when I used to use all those toys that mum and dad used to buy from the reject store to fill our stockings so we'd play with them that day and then they'd all break and then we'd only have like the bike or something that they did buy for us to last us the rest of the year yeah, and then because we got it for free and, and uh, we didn't look after it properly and it just rusts in the garden now 
We never used our bike ever again. See, you were the optimist at the beginning of this conversation. Uh, well, and, and now, now you've, you've totally Christmas. turned me. I'm just like, <laughs> my... <laughs> oh, Christmas joy, it's so fleeting. <laughs> <laughs> Glad it's over. Got like 11 more months until the next one. Well, I don't know. I don't know that it's a bad thing, but I just don't like... Uh, people pretending mm. but you know what you know what we could do with this emptiness that we've lost from you know the uh, the lack of necessity for families anymore mm. right we could just fill that with commercialism well we've done that yeah well there's more commercialism nice, nice thinking the, the least the more you feel empty well, the good thing just... about commercialism is that it feeds itself so mm. you like go into mcdonald's and you buy a happy meal and then you eat it and you think well i don't feel happy to get I should a, buy another, another Happy, Happy Meal. Meal. Yeah, done. It's, I feel this weird, empty, greasy hollowness. I'm going to buy another I can iPad. filled with a Happy Meal. Happy Meal. <laughs> about iPad Mini. <laughs> it's like an iPad, but smaller and less useful. <laughs> You've been listening to Tea with Alice and Shawn Michaels. Why not subscribe? Mm, bitter and angry. Fucking hell, you turned me. I did, didn't I? Fucking hell. I'm sorry. No, it's great. It was, that was just great. That was good, good progression in the podcast. I do like. I love like I know that my soul is is dead now, but that that made a good po- podcast. I you've, do. you've destroyed my inner child, but it makes a good you podcast. You need to grow up sometime, Sean. 